All right, everyone, welcome to the Goddamn Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Teddy Drellos Machado. Go ahead, Teddy, say hello to the people. Hi, I'm Teddy. Just a quick reminder, this episode is sponsored by Santa Bull. Santa Bull makes the best gear with the best prices. So if you're looking, please use code the Goddamn Podcast at checkout for 10% off your total. All right, Teddy, so let's get started. So you compete in Muay Thai, you train BJJ, you train Taekwondo, excuse me. And then I went on your, your Instagram, and I'm like, man, her bio doesn't really say, you know, how she identifies herself. And I know it's a bit of a Western way of thinking, but how do you identify yourself as a martial artist? Um, Definitely Muay Thai. Okay. And, um, I just teach Taekwondo now. I come, And then I got my black belt when I was like nine. And then I started teaching when I was like 13. And then I started, I competed for like maybe two years. And I don't know, I think Taekwondo is always just something... You know, I was born into, so I think it's just something I've just done. I didn't really have a choice, you know, uh, but for now, definitely the Muay Thai. The Jiu-Jitsu I love also, but I feel like I did it for like maybe two years, two and a half. I got my blue belt with four stripes um, and I competed also, and I, I enjoy it. I think it's really good, especially for females. It's very no. good. Absolutely. I think everyone should, should train at some point. Yeah, yeah. But I would say definitely I love it. I love, you know, training. I love teaching it. Definitely Muay Thai. All right. Wonderful. Um, so we did speak a little bit about your martial arts journey thus far. Um, but how did you get into competing? Like, What made you start the competition phase of your career? The Muay Thai? Yeah, absolutely. Anything. Um, Even if it's the Taekwondo from like a young age. Any of it. Uh, Well... The Muay Thai started, I was in Porchester before, and then my first coach said, oh, Teddy, you're going to do a smoker, like, in a couple of weeks. So I said, okay. <laughs> so that's why I started. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a great way to start, because, you know, you kind of get, you got to cut tossed right into the fire, straight out of the frying pan and into the fire, as they would say, right? Yeah, because he knew that I did, I competed in Taekwondo, and then I did Jiu-Jitsu. So he told me, oh, it's just like that, you know? It's just like doing sparring here at the gym. So I said, okay, I'll try. Exactly. And after that, because he started like his own promotion, so he just said, oh, "Teddy, I'm gonna you can fight." So I said, "Okay." Wonderful. And that was Coach Los, right? Yeah. Um, Los Logos Muay Thai. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's got so much knowledge. Uh, I believe it's Coach Carlos Nunez, and he's he's brilliant. I've I've trained with him once or twice, and he taught mm-hmm. techniques that I was like, "Wait, you do what now? How do you set that up?" <laughs> yeah, that's where I started. That's wonderful. Now, as a woman, obviously, you see the difference between female and male fighters. But as far as how, like, you get treated in the gyms when you go to different gyms, um, is there anything you can share as far as, like, good or bad? Either one, that's perfectly fine. But, uh, you know, your experience as a whole. Me, personally, as a whole, in every gym that I've trained, I went to, I was in Carlos's, now I'm at, you know, Seton. You know, I haven't felt or I haven't felt anything just except, you know, respect and you know, just respect. I haven't, I don't think I've ever been treated differently. You know, like I go to the gym, you know, I just show up and I train, you know, and that's it. You know, the guy, I, all my training partners are male and they treat me, I feel they treat me, you know, with really good respect and, you know, the same as everyone else. Um, one experience that's, you know, one memory that sticks out to me, you know, that really sticks out to me was, um, it was at Legends actually. 
Mm. And it was it had to be like a year and, a, and it had to be two years ago. But we had the, you know, the concussion, concussion Monday, the sparring. Yeah, concussion Monday sparring with Coach Eugene. Yeah, yeah. So then I think Adam was leading it that day. And so then I was, I was the only female, of course. And so it was at the end. So one person was in the front and then the line of people. So I think he, a new person was in like every 30 seconds. And so one person was in the front. And so then it was my turn in the front. And I won't, you know, there's this, there's, I didn't know the guy. So, you know, a lot of guys are like very respectful in the beginning. Like they won't, they won't hit you hard because they don't, because I don't know them, you know? So then it was funny. He was like just tapping me nicely. And then Adam yelled at him, you know, hit her harder, you know, treat her like one of the guys, you know? So that made me happy. Yeah. I, I kind of, I remember that day. That was, uh, you know, <laughs> I remember I heard it and I was like, oh crap. And I looked over and then you got right up and started swinging back at him. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's good. She's all right. She's going for it. But yeah. I like that too. The respect is always there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys, you know, cause it's weird, like, you know, hitting, I guess a woman. You know, so then if they're just like touching me, I'd say, you know, it's okay. You can hit me. Don't worry. <laughs> well, you're tougher the most because, you know, I wish they would tap me like that. It'd be nice. It'd be a very <laughs> easy sparring session. But in our gym, yeah, I do see the guys always, you know, including myself whenever I spar with a girl. I don't try to go out of my way to, you know, like push it aside like I'm brushing it off. But I also don't want to hit her so hard that like it, it would make me feel bad. I have, you know, sisters and I'm married and I have a daughter. So, like, it runs through my head that it's like, oh, my God, it's like hitting one of them. So, it kind of, like, it draws you back as a guy. But then, you know, with you, I do see that we, the guys do, like, loosen up because they're like, nah, Teddy can, Teddy's tough. She can do this. So, yeah, I see that. You know, as long as you're there and you're serious, you know, and carry yourself well, then, yeah, I've never experienced anything, you know. I went to Guatemala and I go to this gym that I always train at in the city. Mm -hmm. by, and then they were sparring. And then I think the coach said to me, because I don't have any females either. They're like, oh, it's so weird, you know, hitting a woman. I have to agree with him. Yeah, and then he like, then he, then they started he going going harder. Then he's like, they hit me really hard. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he didn't know how to like, you know. It was like a hard balance, I, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And um, when you were in Guatemala, what, what gym were you guys training at? What discipline? It was Muay Thai. It's called Pantera Muay Thai. So he's, his wife is a ambassador. Mm. Yeah, so that's why they were there. And so then he opened the gym there. So he kind of brought Muay Thai to Guatemala. And it's nice. They started, like, you know, a fight uh, Muay Thai promotion down there. So, yeah, it's really good. It was fun. I mean, that reminded me um, of Coach Dan, Dan White. He's got the fight in Tulum, Mexico, and he's down in Tulum Muay Thai right now. And I saw the setup that they have over there, and I was like, that's pretty dope. I've never seen it. So they have, like, the OnlyFans on the mat, the OnlyFans on the gloves, and I think the fights are actually, like, recorded and put on OnlyFans. So I thought that was awesome. I was like, that's a great way to market yourself when there's not a lot of marketability, you know, which yeah. I unfortunately doesn't. Right. I heard it's really good. Absolutely. And the problem with Muay Thai, I think, in America, not anywhere else, really. But here, it's not as, like, not a lot of people really know the sport that well, and I wish that we could, you know, kind of make that a bit of a norm because yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful sport. And yeah. technique, as you know better than anyone, is everything is technique. Everything is how you put your foot in the right place, how you move your body in the right place. Similar to boxing, you know, where your shoulders are and where your knees are at all times. Yeah, so, definitely. I know you could speak to that, but I, I was also curious about something because it's not uncommon, and I've never, I just never done it myself, but 
what's it like to be married or at least in a relationship with another fighter? Like, what is that like? What's that dynamic? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's great. You know, I that's how we met because I was at in Porchester with Carlos and then Felipe came in and he actually started training. He came into the gym. He was only here in the country maybe for like four months at the time. So, and then he started teaching. And so I learned, you know, mostly everything from him. You know, he taught me how to clinch. He taught me how to kick correctly, punch correctly. And he trained, I, before I met him, I had two fights. I lost both of them. And then he came and then he, you know, he loves, his favorite thing to do is, you know, training people, especially training people, you know, for fights. Right. So, oh, I'm going to train her. So we trained, like, I think it had to be like two months. And that was, I finally won, you know, my first fight. I remember I saw the highlights and I was like, yeah, let's go. It was badass. And I saw, I saw the fight. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, losing sucks. It's the worst feeling. But I think that day winning was definitely one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah question no it's really good you know i used to train with him just him but then we went to seton right so i don't train with him as much now because he's he's teaching and so i'm training down there but no it's really good you know helps me like you know cut weight and you know if i need to he'll hold pads for me but it's good i wouldn't say we'd go we come train for fun anymore I mean, obviously, you guys both compete, and that's that's got to be really cool, too. But um, that actually leads me to my next question. Do you and Felipe have a system for dealing with each other when you're cutting weight? Well, we've never actually fought, like, at the same time or on the same card. We've wanted to. It's just never worked out. So I don't say we have a system. I don't think he's that, like, <laughs> I don't think that considerate when I'm cutting weight because I'm in the sauna here. You know, dying and he's drinking like water and eating food in front of me. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. You know, I would say like, I think it's just so normal for both of us because he's fought a lot also. So it's fine. I mean, like we like to have fun. Like we like to go out to restaurants and eat, but it's not like, I guess now it's not something we'd really do, you know? I get where you're coming from too. I just was wondering like, you know, I don't. I don't know what you guys are like when you cut weight, but I'm a miserable prick. Um, so my <laughs> wife has, like, already been – I've told my wife. I was like, you haven't seen it because, you know, I haven't cut weight in, like, two years now. I was like, you know, this is kind of what it's going to be like. For one day, I'm going to be pretty okay. About three days in, I'm going to hate everything that's ever lived. About <laughs> five days in, I'm going to be such an intolerable prick that I'm just going to stay quiet. I'm just going <laughs> to mute myself just to keep myself from saying something stupid while I'm in that mode. So I wanted to know if it was similar for you and Felipe. You know, I think so, but I think, like, we just, I think because we're used to it, you know, we just, I just know, you know, like, (laughs) cutting weight, if he, like, you know, snaps at me or is, like, whatever, then I'll be like, it's probably because. Right, because you've been there. You've been there, you remember, you know, cutting weight is, and most people have never done it, so they don't know. You know, it was like, I think the statistic is that like 97% of the people that walk the earth have never cut weight in their life. So it's like only 3% of the of the world's population has ever really cut weight. And mind you, you know, we have a lot of sports that weight cutting is pretty normal. But from my experiences, I think I started cutting weight in like middle school when I used to wrestle. And I, I wanted to like chop somebody's arms off. I was so upset when I used to cut weight. Um, and then, yeah. you know, our, our old school 
you know, some people do the sauna. I used to do the uh, Epsom salt in hot water, and then my brothers would cover me in blankets and towels, and I would literally sit there for an hour dying. Do you prefer the, the bath or the sauna? You know, I prefer the bath. I'm not against the bath because with the bath, I've learned, like, as hot as the water is, I've kind of, like, started finding ways to, like, occupy myself or my, my mind, you know, read a book or do something else. Yeah. <clears throat> have, like, the little, you know, the little portable sauna? So you just sit in it and your head is, is out? Yeah, I've seen it. It looks like a tent, right? It looks like a little tent, and then your head kind of pops out the top. I've seen a lot of the UFC guys use it now because of, um, you know, when they're traveling on, and stuff, and they can't get to a sauna, they'll, they'll just bring that with them. Um, do you guys have one of those? Yeah, I bought one. Wonderful. So, yeah. And what's that like? Oh, it's, it's well, it's not fun, but it's really good because, like, the the I guess the traditional sauna, like, it's terrible going in with, like, your head, too, and you can't breathe. So, and also I figured I do it now, like I put it on its side. So like I lay down in the sauna. <laughs> you found a, you found a cheat code. You're like, wait a minute. What am I yeah. doing? Because like you're sitting on like a little stool in it and it's back. So, imagine. Yeah. But yeah, oh. it's, it's only, it was only like a hundred dollars. Really? I yeah. thought it'd be like, it like 300 bucks or something like that. No, I got it really cheap on Amazon. Amazon is the way to go sometimes, you know? That's that's where some of the best stuff that's affordable really comes in. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And then the bath, I don't know. I like to do the sauna the night before. And then if I have any more weight to do, then I put, I'll do, I like the bath. But I feel, I hate, the bath makes you feel like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't make me feel good. Or even worse than. I the, guess it depends. Um, I think I just, you know, I'm 28. I started cutting weight when I was 12. So for me, after 16 years, I haven't cut weight in two of them. So 14 years, the bath was just like the most normal thing for me. And like that process, as miserable as it is for a lot of people, um, I, I guess because like I'm already used to it, like I'm already programmed to be dealing with it. I haven't tried the sauna in a while, but I'm going to definitely try it at one point. I did want to know, I'm hearing a lot of guys and a lot of girls that fight now they've got this down to a science where they only cut weight for like the minimal amount of time. You know, they, they cut like the night before or two days before and then they're able to make weight. Um, is that like a process that you and Felipe have kind of mastered a little bit? Well, at Seton, there's this one guy, <laughs> Jay, and that's like, he's like a weight cut specialist. So he helps everyone out. He's really nice. Like he'll bring you like, you know, the pre-workout and the recoveries like thing. And then he'll, Ethan, who fought the the one champion, and Felipe last tournament, he helped them, you know, cut, you know, cut the weight, you know, giving them meals and like helping them rehydrate and everything. That's wonderful. And then for you, um, not to shed too too much, but um, how long is your weight cutting process usually? Like a week, five days, something to that effect? Uh, well, Sunday start well because weigh-ins on Friday, so Sunday I'll start water loading like two mm. gallons, one and a half, one half quarter so what is that like five days and then you cut out like you know salts and the carbs well i still eat some carbs because it's, we start we'll, we sorry we're still training up till like wednesday so it's so hard to get through training without you know the carbs so i think tuesday wednesday we take out the carbs and then thursday just eat really light 
Okay. I mean, I think that sounds way better than what I used to do because I used to literally try to, uh, I did like the scoop of peanut butter. That was the worst thing ever. <laughs> uh, like on Monday, you know, if we used to weigh in on Thursdays, Monday, I would just have one scoop of peanut butter for the entire day and drink uh, water. You know, I, I was a teenager. I thought that was okay. Yeah, I used to do crazy stuff too. Like I, I used to, for like the whole time I was training, maybe like two months, I used to cut out salt, refined carbs, and sugar. Wow. Two months like that, that's that's got to be tough. And I mean, I get I get the discipline part of it, but you know, it's, I think now that the knowledge has become more like circumvented, like we kind of yeah. have more information now in this current yeah. era, we're like, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it also messed up my metabolism a little bit. Right. It has to. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't get, you know, they watch these events and they look at the fighters and they go, oh, that guy looks perfectly fine. Look, he's got a six pack. That guy's probably dying right now. He's got no fluids in his body. And then they kind of forget that, like, the first thing that loses fluid in your body is your brain. And it's the last one to get fluid back. So you have to kind of like find a way to minimize that time because it does a lot of damage in that short period of time. And then, you know, that's where the knockouts happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, that, that was something that I was thinking about. So I was like, man, I wonder how long it takes, it takes to cut weight. Now it's, you know, there's a, there's new systems. There are new products, you know, you've got like Trainerize has that, that really good potent one where they come with like the bottles and the bottles have the timers on them. And it tells you like how long you should be drinking it and oh, by wow. what time. Yeah, yeah, I found from like three or four of those recently, and I was like, "Oh wow!" And then I fight, uh, follow the the Fight Dojo dietitian. Okay, that's my man's name. And yeah, on Instagram, if you ever look him up, he's yeah, yeah, pretty well. But he has a whole system. He talks about how fighters should still eat carbs during training camp, how you can minimize carbs but not completely remove them. Like he goes through a full process. I'm not, I'm not like in any way. <laughs> I'm not a dietitian, so if anyone's listening, don't don't just <laughs> take my word for it. Do you have a tournament coming up? No, I'm I'm not competing. I think the only one that's competing right now is Ben. Ben has a fight coming up. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, the... yeah. Ben he's got a great fight coming up. Yeah. Uh, he just fought recently, too, like I think two, three weeks yeah. ago. And he's already going back to it, which I think is great. I think that that's the best. Um, I'm hoping to see Risky's next pro fight because, you know, that was phenomenal. The guy's tough. Yeah. And, uh, of course, your fight's coming up soon. One more week. One more week. You have one week until the fight. Yep. Next Saturday. And where's that going to be, just to make sure that the people at home know? It's at Freedom in Astoria in Queens. Wonderful. And then it's for Freedom Fights, right? That's the, the promotion? Yeah, Freedom Fighter with Rami. Yeah. I've heard a lot about Rami. I've heard great things about how he is and, and what he treats everyone like. And so um, I was going to ask you, too, I know that the whole road to one championship is a huge deal right now, or especially in Muay Thai. People in Muay Thai seem to love one right now. Oh, yeah. Um, is that somewhere you can see yourself competing in the future? Um, you know, I was thinking about it. I I don't know. I want to see how far I can go. I want to go to eventually Thailand one day, you know, train and fight. But I am 33 now, you know? I wish I was. I started younger. I started when I was 30. You're 33? Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't have told, to be honest with you. I was, was like, man, she's so young. I don't know how the hell she has time for all this stuff at the same time. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think that with the current era of the fight game, these fighters now can go until they're 40. 
you know, before, I don't think a lot of those fighters, they couldn't make it past 35. The current era, I got to say, I'm not too surprised when guys retire 40, 41, because I'm like, no, with, with the way things are now, we've kind of, we've, we've figured out what parts of the puzzle to move and what not to do. And, you know, you never know. I mean, for me, I think that 33 is still very young. You know, Max Holloway's 32. He's been fighting in the UFC since he was, like, what, 19? So he's like, I'm still a young dude. Like, I got another, like, eight years left. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I'm hoping you have the next, you know, seven years of your career to enjoy this and, and have a good time. Um, but I was going to also ask you because I asked Dan, and Dan said the same thing. He said, I want to go to Thailand to compete. Um, have you been watching any of the karate combat matches at all? Have you been watching any of it? No, I don't. I would suggest watching it. I think Felipe would even like watching it a little bit. But um, there are some guys that have like Muay Thai backgrounds and then some that have karate backgrounds. And it seems like karate combat is really making it fun. It almost reminds me of like the Kumite, but like the inverted. Uh-huh. Oh, man, it's it's very cool to watch. I think there's this one guy who used to train with Carlos that he was like, he fought that <laughs> something. And Wait, he, was... he, fought, he fought recently or did he fight like a while back? I don't know. When I was there, he was telling me, but he was like currently fighting. I don't even remember his name, but he was also Brazilian. That's solid. You know, the the Brazilians are definitely coming into like every combat sport they have been for so long. I mean, they started with like BJJ and then now it's like a lot of Muay Thai athletes. You watch them on like one or anywhere and they're from Brazil. So. It's an up and coming, you know, thing where Brazil is just becoming known for fight sports. I mean, you know, they they have football and stuff, but it looks like, you know, especially after like the Anderson Silva era, they just, you know, these guys came from like pride and just started destroying everyone. And then uh, Anderson came in and that's when we really started seeing like the Brazilians just start to take over combat sports. I don't know if you remember that era. Like, were you guys watching MMA at that time? Like you and Felipe or even just you and your family? first time i watched M- ufc was like it had to be it was a long time ago probably t- 2010 yeah and you know speaking of watching fights was there any particular fight that you watched that made you want to compete in muay thai no i never watched muay thai or really fight. no i kind of just started you know that's pretty dope because most people, they see it and then they go for it. Like, I did the same thing. When I watched my brothers wrestle, I was like, I want to wrestle. And then when I saw BJJ, I was like, oh, I want to do that because somebody had gotten me a tape of the uh, the ADCC. They had taped it in their house, and they, they gave it to me. And I was like, what's this? And they're like, oh, it's called ADCC. It's a jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just decided. It was because COVID happened. I was doing jiu-jitsu, and then it was just hard to train. So I needed to do something. So I Googled Muay Thai and then there's, I found, you know, Carlos in Porchester. That's a, you know what? It, sometimes it's not even like a come to Jesus moment. Sometimes it's like something that people are like, oh, it's very simple, but you know, like, it turns out to be something great. Cause look, now you're competing, you know, your husband too. Who's oh, pretty yeah. I mean, I wish I started a long time ago. When I was competing in Taekwondo, I drove every day down to Astoria to train because the Taekwondo school was like, it was on Steinway. So I always drove past Seton, you know, and I wish I had started then. I mean, you know, at least you have it now. And maybe, you yeah. know, like, like my wife always says, everything happens at the right time. So and this is probably the right time. This is probably when you were ready for it. You know, if you had done it a little earlier, maybe, who knows? You may not have done it. You may be like, uh-uh, hell no, not me. I'm out. <laughs> well, if I didn't, if I started back then, I would probably be like in Thailand now. <laughs> no kids. <laughs> 
I mean, you know what, though? Sometimes those are the, the, the great moments that kind of like, you know, I, I still think you guys can go to Thailand. I think you'd have a great time. Ultimately. Oh, yeah, I definitely would go. I want to. So, you know, I think that'll work in, in, its, in its own way. It'll find its way to you. Um, you know, it's not like you can ever stop. I don't, I don't know anyone that has trained that stops training, like, period, point blank. I know everyone kind of leaves for a little bit and then they come back or they just continue to train. But I don't know anyone that's, like, just stopped completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I want to fight, though, there. So hopefully I'll do it while I'm still younger. But that's why I feel like with the jiu-jitsu, because I don't think I, I would never want to compete in jiu-jitsu. I would just want to keep, you know, learning, you know, keep going up. So I feel like jiu-jitsu is something you could, I could do, like, forever. Right. So, like, once I'm done fighting, then I'll go back to jiu-jitsu. Absolutely. I think so, too. I mean, Hicks and Gracie is, like, what, damn near in his 60s and has been doing it for 50 years now, almost 60 years uh, training, not even competing. I think he's only competed for, like, a few years, and then he just trained the entire time, and he's, you know, I think in everyone's book, the best jiu-jitsu practitioner of all time. Mm. But I feel like with BJJ, you're right. Like, you can kind of do it at any point, pick it up, and, and get really good at it. Um you know, there's like 60-year-olds that start BJJ and then within like 10 years they have a black belt. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'm 77 years old and I have a black belt in BJJ. And like, that's pretty dope. That's yeah. pretty awesome about that sport. Yeah. But I don't think you can do the same with Muay Thai as far as competing. Because, you know, no. I've seen those older those older Thai gentlemen that do still train. Like, they train hard and it's scary to watch. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm terrified. I don't want to step in there with that dude. He'll kill me. Yeah, training for the fights and Muay Thai is very hard. So I don't know if I'd want to be doing that forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when with weight cutting and everything. But oh, yeah. no, for- definitely not. Um, so my next question is, what, aside from this fight, is next for you? Like, what are you looking into for 2024? How do you how do you feel like 2024 is going to go? Do you plan to have several fights? Do you have any plans to, you know, go somewhere and train? Anything? Well... I'm hoping to fight once more this year. I'm hoping to fight December. Maybe at Warriors Cup or AFL. Because I didn't fight that much this year. I only did one in January, March, and I'm going to do November. So hope to do one more. And then next year, I don't know. I've never fought. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to win and then maybe win again. I'm hoping to get the opportunity to belt. I haven't, I haven't fought for a belt yet. I guess that's that's a great way to go into the the assessment of you know the following year, not thinking too far ahead. Um, but man, if you fought and you fight again in December, I mean, I, I like that you have such a busy schedule. There are very few fighters now that want to do you know four or five fights uh, a year, um, and I see that more like in the the guys that are not not to disrespect you, like in the lower levels or like the guys that are aspiring and coming up that they fight more often. And I feel like the guys at the top of the game. They fight like twice a year sometimes. I mean, there are a few here and there, you know, like yeah. Miguel Burns or one of those guys or Hamzat or Usman. They'll fight four times a year. They have no problem with that. But then what I'm seeing a lot more of is as you go up the ladder, it seems like, I don't know, maybe it's the recovery. I'm not sure what it is, but you start to see them fight less and less. And then now I'm seeing all the local fighters from here, from Westchester. These guys fight four, five, six times a year. I, You know, it, it seems really tough to me. I'm like, man, that's that's badass. Well, so there's also, I think, so much, so many opportunities now, you know, with all the promotions. I think I saw someone post that now there's like six Muay Thai promotions in New York that you could fight at. So there's, I think, like so many opportunities now for us. 
Um, but for example, like Felipe, he doesn't have as, as many opportunities, you know, because of his level and then has to be professional. So. Right. And I thought that too. It was like, man, it seems like it's weird because it's like, as soon as you get to a certain level, it kind of, it's like, it's like waiting. It's almost like fishing, the fishing game where you fish and like, you kind of have to wait for the line and it takes a while for something to bite and then you can start to pull. So yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking about. I was like, man, as you start to get up to that level, it's, it just seems like there's less and less activity. And sometimes, you know, I think it's misconstrued that like they don't want to fight. And I'm like, I don't think anybody that does this doesn't want to fight. I think they do. I think what happens a lot of time is that you're looking through the lens of the fighter and going, oh, man, what, what's the opportunity look like? And like you said, now there's six Wojtek, you know, promotions here in New York. Um, I know we have a good amount of MMA promotions, too. I mean, it's starting to it's starting to blossom here and become what, it's, yep. what I think it was always meant to be. You know, had New York legalized this years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. There's so many more opportunities now. All right. Well, before we go to the lightning round, is there anything you want to tell anybody watching today um, where they can follow you, where they can kind of, you know, keep up with your career? Anything at all? Um, Just my Instagram, Teddy Drellis. Wonderful. So y'all got that. Go on IG, look up Teddy Drellis, D-R-E-L-L-E-S. And then we're going to continue from here. Teddy's going to go into the lightning round. This is going to be hot fire. We're just going to go right through it. You're going to have to pick one or the other. We're not going to give it too much category, so you're going to have to think about this one. And then it's going to be on a timer. We're going to time you. Okay. So I did the first one with Dan White. So Sifu Dan White went ahead and did it, and I think he took like three minutes and change. I have it written down. It's there. So we're going to see if you can beat the time of three minutes. Let's try to get this here. Let me get the timer up, and okay. then I'm going to start asking you questions, and you're just going to have to answer as fast as you can. Okay. Ready? Ready. Okay. Muay Thai or Taekwondo? Muay Thai. No gi or gi? Ski. Bulgogi or Churrasco? Churrasco. Wow, I didn't expect that one. <laughs> vacation in Vegas or vacation in Cancun? Cancun. Wonderful. KO by head kick or KO by body kick? Uh, body. Wow, okay. So would you rather lose by KO or lose by split decision? Uh, split. Okay, I respect that one. Mount Kisco Diner or Stonefire? Mount Kisco Diner. Wow. 32 seconds. You're the leader now. Yes. <laughs> 32.64 seconds. Teddy Drellis is now the leader. And with that, Teddy, we're going to come to the end of our show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everyone that's watching. Again, thank you so much for your curiosity. And again, thank you for being vulnerable, Teddy. Like, thank you so much for, for giving me your time. I know you're in between like classes and running around. And I, I really appreciate the sit down. No, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, it. Teddy. I'm going to let this one go. And everybody at home, take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye.